Hello, and welcome to The Delicious Truth with Gloria Cotton. I'm Gloria. During this podcast, we're going to cover a variety of topics that are impacting our everyday lives. We'll look at four things for each topic. One, the absolute empirical truth. That's all about the facts and data. Then we'll look at the personal experiential truth. And that's about how those facts and others do and don't show up in people's lives and their experience of them. Next, the consequential, impactful truth. The difference this makes in people's lives. And finally, you'll hear about resources and solutions you can use to empower yourself and others. Welcome back to the Delicious Truth Podcast. In this episode, I'll be talking with Ash Cash Exantus. The topic for today is the Great Financial Reset, how COVID-19 has crippled the economy and how to bounce back stronger. As you're listening to this podcast, I invite you to please pay attention to these tips which invoke wellness in all aspects of your life and can bring you joy, looking at not only financial assets, but life assets. Let's get it on. Let's jump right in. I have the privilege in this episode of greeting Ash Cash Exantus. I just love saying that name. I'm going to tell you right now, I really do. There is something warm about that. And we're going to be talking about money management. Let me give you a little bit of information about Ash. He's a financial educator working with people of all ages around money management. He has experience in 15 years of uh, as a banking executive, and he is the author of eight Count Them books, including four bestsellers, y'all, regarding the many dynamic deliciousnesses of money management. I just want to tell you, you know what? You are so welcome, Ash. Let's talk about this topic right here, baby. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you. It's, it's, it's always good to connect with you. So, I, <laughs> so I'm, I'm happy to be here. And you, and you. So today we're going to be talking about, you know, finances and money management with an emphasis on how do we get through um, as a nation, as people, this COVID-19 hot messness that we have going on. But we don't want to look only at that. We want to look at, this is how you navigate through that. But you know what? When this is over, what are some things you need to be looking at? So let's talk about this, Ash. Yeah, I think I think it's funny because there are two sides, right? And so, you know, there's the unfortunate side, you know, rest in peace to everybody who um has lost their lives, you know, through you know, throughout this 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 uh, pandemic. And then you, you know, there's the economic side, right? Because there is a big effect that this is having on the economy because you know it's different when when you know a lot of us you know we read about the great depression in 1929 and we've seen you know the markets go up and down but when you think about 2008 uh, that's the closest thing that we're like oh this was a recession that you know was exacerbated through the housing market bubble being burst but this is different right this has affected every single industry. Uh, it's affected the world. So it's not just, you know, one industry. It's just not one country. This is the whole entire world that's being affected. Um, and so, you know, I know 
that, you know, this is, uh, you know, has such a big effect on people's pockets. Um, and so we have that side of it, but there's, there's also this, uh, great financial reset, as I like to call it, that's happening. You know, this gives everybody an opportunity to really look at their finances, to see, you know, where are they strong financially? Where are they weak financially? How can they reset, uh, in order to, you know, kind of push forward. So even when this is over, um, you know, there, there, there isn't going to be, um, you know, things aren't going to be the same. Right. So there's going to be a new normal, whether we like it or not. And so how do you operate within that new normal in a way that you are stronger than before? And I, I think this is what uh, the opportunity is. And, and, and as we look at our finances the right way, uh, we'll be able to, to come out stronger and really uh, create some processes that allow us uh, to live financially free, uh, live our best lives the best way that we can. So let's talk about some practicality around that. So give me a couple of things that people can do to protect the finances that they have. So people who have finances, what can they do to protect those? And then what are some of the challenges and how can they overcome those? What are the challenges? How do you overcome it? Yes. I think the first way you, you protect what you have uh, is really just um, taking a, an assessment, like really knowing what, what do you have, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you take an assessment and you, you know what you have, this I think this is the time that we start to really pay attention to where our money is going. Um, in the past, because we knew, you know, or we had a, a sense of where, you know, how, how we were going to make money, uh, whether it was working a job, whether you were entrepreneur, the economy was sort of, you know, was thriving. And so we, we, you know, you could predict, I mean, you didn't know for sure, but you could co- sort of predict, uh, which direction or, or what you needed to do to, to get to a certain space financially. But now we're at a space where there's so much uncertainty. Jobs, you know, millions of jobs are being lost. Uh, we don't know, you know, the impact is continuing. We don't know when it's going to stop. Um, and so because there's no uncertainty, the way I would, you know, suggest that, that we protect our finances is try to stay as liquid as possible. You know, a lot of the discretionary things that. So what does that mean? Cause people who are not into finance, what in the world does stay liquid as possible? What's that mean? Yeah. Li- liquidity is just, um, having cash on hand. Um, and, 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 you know, the, the saying that cash is King and I'm not just saying that cause my name is Ash cash, but cash is King. Right. And so you, you, you want to, you want to be liquid. You want to have cash on hand, um, and not have your money tied up. Right. And so a lot of times, you know, you know, I hear, uh, people talk about investing, like investing in the market. And because things are on sale, this is the best time to do it. Uh, I'm not one of the financial educators that suggest that. Uh, you know, I know if you've been investing already and you've already done your due diligence, then, you know, I would definitely say this is a great time to continue to invest because of dollar cost averaging, which means that when stocks are high, uh, you get less. But when stocks are low, you get more for the same amount of, amount of money. But if you're just new, um, to, to the game. And, and, you know, I would not suggest for you to just look up and say, yes, stocks are going down. And so I'm going to buy stock because stock is a long-term gain. This, you know, mm-hmm. this is about long, long longevity. Um, and so, um, we don't know what's going to happen six months from now, a year from now. Um, mm-hmm. And so, stay, you know, liquidity is just about making sure that you're not tying your money up in, in something that's long-term so that if something you know, or if the if the economy continues to to take a down spiral, at least you have cash to take care of your basic necessities like shelter, like food, 
um, you know, and, and, you know, other things that, that, that we're going to need. Um, and so that I, I would say pro- protect your, um, you know, your cash flow um, and, and try to stay as liquid as possible. That means also that, you know, take advantage of, of some of these uh, deferments, right? So I know for the, uh, you know, student loans, uh, the, the federal deferments that are happening, uh, when you think about your, um, you know, you know, car loan or mortgage or rent, you know, any type of deferments, credit card companies are even allowing you to, to do some deferments. So take advantage how of those. I, how can I find out about those deferments? Yeah, I think so. So number one, uh, it's important to reach out to your servicer of your debt. And so if you have a credit card, if you have a student loan, if you have a car loan, if you have a mortgage, reach out to them directly. Do not wait till you're struggling to say, hey, I can't afford it. Uh, You know, I'll just let it hit my credit. Uh, A lot of people, because this is a a global epidemic, a global pandemic, uh, the, the companies are prepared with programs to help you out. So I would reach out to them directly and just ask them, hey, this, you know, the COVID-19 has affected me. How do I, you know, what programs do you have available? Uh, and they, they will, they will definitely be the, the best people to point you in the right direction as far as what programs are available. Okay, good. Any other thing, any other advice you can give for how people can protect and where am I keeping this money? Am I keeping it in the mattress? Yeah, I mean, in the bank, what? Yeah, so I, I, you know, I personally, um, you know, because banks are, you know, uh, banks are uh, FDIC insured, and so you can keep money in the bank. But I, me personally, uh, Mm -hmm. I've been you know, withdrawing, like I do want to keep cash on hand. Um, and so, you know, some of it stays in the bank, but there are, you know, I do suggest that we go old school with it, right? You know, we, we, we get, we get some cash, we keep it in an envelope because for you just never know, right? You never know. Um, you know, I, cause I remember when, um, you know, when they first started, uh, telling us for, to, to do social distancing, you know, I would go to the ATM machine and try to withdraw money and they wouldn't, you know, there would be signs up there saying that they're not, they're not allowing you to withdraw money. And so literally I had to only use my card or I had to wait until the bank opens to actually get, get cash. Imagine a, a situation where, you know, you know, power goes down or, you know, that, you know, I don't have access to a card. Um, you know, you want to, you want to have, uh, uh, you know, like actual physical cash available. And so I, you know, I wouldn't say take all of it out, you know, cause that's not safe. Uh, but I would definitely say have some cash on hand for sure. And I would say to people, there are, this is an opportunity if you've not already invested in a fireproof box or a safe. So yeah, you can put your money in the envelope, but then it needs to be in something that you might want to have a lock and key or a combination for. So you be your own bank, you know, um, and protected from the elements because you don't know what's going to happen. And in case somebody, you know, comes into your house and they're not being, you know, nice. Right, exactly. Sure that they can't access that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, what steps can people take? to move past this, this, yes. go ahead. No, I, I was going to say, you know, um, 
because I call this the Great Reset, um, I believe that moving past it is is about reset, right? It's about making sure uh, that you are you know you know taking a, a, an assessment, right? And so you know I've I've created you know five steps uh, that are called you know you know to make it easy for everybody to remember. Uh, it is it is literally an acronym uh, reset R E S E T. Come on, um, and so and so number one. Uh, I want you to reevaluate your current financial obligations. Um, And so, you know, because the world after COVID-19 is going to be a different, a different world. So some of your financial goals that you had prior are going to change. Some of the things that were priority are going to change. And so I just want you to reevaluate that. I want you to take a look. What are your current financial obligations? Are the things that you're you're spending money on, are those necessities or, Mm -hmm. or are those things things that you like to have high desires, you know, take a look at that. I'm not saying that, that post COVID-19, you shouldn't spend money on things that you want, but make sure we're taking care of our necessities first. So make sure you're, you're reevaluating that reevaluate your current financial obligations, uh, look at your needs versus wants, and then make a decision on which direction you want to go, uh, post COVID-19. Um, number two, which is E, uh, I want you to elevate and create a financial freedom fund. Um, words have power. Um, and so I don't call it an emergency fund because an emergency fund is something that you're not ready for. Um, and so, you know, emer- we're not trying to call any emergencies into our lives. And so I want us to, to call financial freedom into our lives. And that's why I'm calling it a, a financial freedom fund. And I want you to elevate and create that, meaning that I want you to pay yourself first instead of being in the mindset of paying all your bills and then whatever's left over, then you save that, you know, I want you to pay yourself first. Anytime you have any income, whether it's from your nine to five, you know, whether you are an entrepreneur, make sure you're putting at least 10% aside uh, to pay yourself first into a financial freedom fund. Um, And I want your financial freedom fund to be separate from where you currently bank, right? And so if you have your you know, checking account at Chase Bank, then your savings account shouldn't be at Chase as well. Because at the end of the day, uh, there's this thing out of sight, out of mind. A lot of times when we look at our bank accounts, you look at your checking accounts, you see that balance in the savings account and, you know, Macy's has a buy one, get one sale. And then you get tempted and now you, you tap into that savings account that you weren't supposed to tap into. So I want you to separate it. I want you to separate it, having it in a, in a, in a, maybe an online bank that, that gives you high, a high interest interest, but someplace that you don't, you don't have access to it. So let me say, okay. So let me just push back on you. I love this idea of 10%. Ash, what you talking about, man? Yeah. I don't have any money. Look at here. I have to feed my children. When I look at my mortgage, I'm, I, I got to do all that. I'm going to lose my car. I can't, I don't have enough money. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, so I think, I, you know, I think this, this is, this is what I always say uh, when I hear that um, I say, treat yourself like FICA, right? I don't know who FICA is. I don't know why she gets her money first, but if I, when, when, when I was working a nine to five and I looked at my paycheck, FICA, she took her money. And then, and then, and then whatever, whatever I got left over, I budgeted my money based on what FICA left me over. And so why FICA could come first and I can't come first. And so yeah. I tell people, I tell people, treat yourself like FICA. Take your money off the top, 
and then budget based on whatever's left over. I promise you, it might be difficult in the beginning because, you know, you've set up a certain, you know, certain flow, certain lifestyle. So it might be difficult, but you might, you're going to have to go through that sacrifice in the beginning. And eventually you'll actually realize how easy it is to save that 10% because 10%, you know, in, in, in a, in a practicality kind of way, if you made a thousand dollars, I'm telling you, put a hundred dollars away. And maybe that's not eating out every day. Maybe that's taking, you know, you know, uh, lunch to work, you know, but there's ways that you can do it. So that was, you know, just uh, a what if, but some realities are that people have lost their jobs. Yes. So maybe there was the thing where I was spending all my money. I was living paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm one of the, but you know what? Now I don't have a paycheck coming in. Mm-hmm. What advice do you get? I don't have 10% of anything. Yep. So what advice do you have for those people who have lost all income? Yeah. So, so I, so I think, so no, number one, if you've lost all income, um, there, there, there are a couple of things that you can do, right? So number one, um, you know, as you're, you know, even, you know, if you, uh, qualify for unemployment, even if you once you're getting your unemployment, I still want you to put 10% away. So that still is something that I want you to do, right? Because again, that income that's coming in, you need to be able to have money set aside. So even, With your unemployment check, I want you to put money away. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are, if you decide because I lost my job, I'm going to start a business, or you know, I'm going to do you know odd jobs in the neighborhood, or whatever way that you've decided uh, to you know to kind of get back on your feet, then the same rules apply. I want you to every any money that comes in. I want you to put 10% away. And the great thing about that is, is that um, the reason why I say 10%, because as your situation changes, I want that number to stay the same. And so let's say, you know, you lost your job and you, you only have $100 coming in each month. Well, I want you to create the habit of putting $10 away. And then now when you get a job and now you're making $1,000 a week, I want you to put $100 away. Now mm-hmm. you start that business and you're making $100,000, I want you to put $10,000 away. Now mm-hmm. you're killing you're killing the game and you you take full advantage of your skills and, and everything you do, you make a million dollars, I want you to put $100,000 away. And so that's that's the the mindset, right? And that's why I say it's all about a mindset. I want I want you to have a percentage and keep that percentage because going forward as as your life gets better and it will as your life gets better and better and better and better now your financial freedom in fund increases increases in, increases increases and now that gives you the opportunity to now say I have this money in this financial freedom fund how do I change my relationship with money instead of working hard for money I want money to work hard for me and so now that I have this, this money going in to this financial freedom fund, how can I invest it in income producing assets? And now you really don't have to worry about losing a job because your money's working for you. You've now changed that relationship. You're no longer the employee of money. You are the employer and, and you're telling money what to do instead of money telling you what to do. You know what? Are you a little excited about this? Oh my God. I'm so excited. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, sometimes, so Sometimes it shows. I'm sorry. So here's here's what here's what I got. What I got from that is, you know, you mentioned FICA, but your ten percent. Here's what came to me: we need to be tithing to ourselves. Absolutely, absolutely. We need to, and some people in this audience are going to resonate with that. We need to be tithing to ourselves. Yes, yes. I absolutely. love it. All right, I interrupted, and I don't apologize. 
We were at step two, and I love financial freedom instead of emergency. Financial freedom fund yes. for all of like, those. Like, what, 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 what's, the, what's, the, what's the saying? What's the saying? Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Yeah. We're we, we going to church today, baby. We going. I'm just ready to open the doors. Okay, yes. so let's go on to number three. Yeah. And, you. And yep. Yeah, so number three, uh, which is S, uh, which is set new financial goals. So setting setting new financial goals um, is really a you know this is not the time to shrink, right? You know, like like a reset isn't about saying okay, uh, there was these bad times, and so now you know I'm going to be modest. Um, you know, abundance is your birthright. You you were born to be abundant, um, and so I want you to set new financial goals. So now that you're at a space where you're paying yourself first, you're building that financial freedom fund. So what do you want your life to look like? Right. And, and what are those financial goals? And again, like I said, there's going to be a new normal. And so, you know, the, the, the way that you operated in the past is not going to be the same way that you operate in the future. And so mm-hmm. you have to be able to, you know, uh, keep your goals in your mind's eye and you have to set new financial goals. Those goals should be three tiered. You should have short term goals. You should have midterm goals and you should also have long term goals. But those goals also need to be smart goals. Right. Meaning acronyms, uh, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. And so no longer are we going to set goals and say, you know what? I want to save more money this year. I want you to be specific. I want you to be able to measure it, measure it, uh, based on your situation. Is it, is it achievable? I want it to be realistic and I want it to be timely. So if you say, you know, by 2021, I want to have $50,000, uh, in, in a bank account, well, that is a a, a, a a short-term goal. It is a specific goal. You can measure it. It's achievable. It's realistic. And you know that it's timely based on that. And so that's what I want you to do. I want you to set new financial goals. So give me, you, you mentioned short, medium, and long-term. Give me some time. Yeah. So, so short-term goals are anything uh, that are one to three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, midterm goals are anything between three and seven years. Uh, mm-hmm. And then long-term, anything that's going to take seven years uh, and above are going to be your long-term goals. Great. Thank you. Let's go on. And, and then number four, um, I want you to enhance your earning potential. And what do I mean by uh, enhance your earning potential? Um, you know, multiple streams of income, it has to be your way of life. Um, I know in the past, you know, multiple streams of income was this this thing that people would say, um, and it was, you know, something nice to have. It's, it's, it seemed like a luxury. Well, if you don't have multiple streams of income, you are committing economic suicide, right? Say because you say you what? Are, if you do not have multiple streams of income, you are committing economic suicide. You are not having financial freedom. You are allowing. Uh, you, you're not free, right? You're, you're vulnerable. Um, anything can happen to that one source of income. And now the power of your family, the power of your well-being, the power of your life is in the hands of this one source of income. And so you need to enhance your, your earning potential. We all, every single person that has breath in their body, has skills, has ability. We live in a world that you have access to the whole entire world. No longer are there gatekeepers. You have direct access to people. And so we need to figure out how can we take our skills, what do we love to do, what we're good at, 
to create multiple streams of income, whether that's creating digital products, writing a book, uh, teaching courses online, uh, starting a t-shirt line. There's just so many ways that you could create other sources of income for yourself. Uh, and we need to start thinking of those things and really taking an, an, an assessment of who we are, first and foremost, what we love to do, what we're good at, and then merge those things together because that's what makes a great other stream of income are those three things together. So so let me merge this setting new financial goals, step three, with elevate and create your financial freedom fund. How do I determine how much money I'm going to need to start that new business, that new venture? How do I determine how much that's going to be? What's the yeah, that, that's, that's a great question. And what I suggest... Um, you know, there's a, there's a great book, uh, called the lean startup and the lean startup talks about creating a minimal viable product, right? So before you put all of your resources into a business, uh, into a product, you, you do a minimal viable product, uh, to see if, if, if there are anybody that, that's going to buy the product, right? Right. Um, and so I, my, my suggestion is not, is not to even figure out how much money you need, figure out, will people pay you for this actual product or service? Right. And then once you know, people will pay you for it, you use, you know, you create that minimal viable product and you use the money that you make from that minimal viable product to continue to invest back into that product to make money. I'll give you an example. I'm an author. I do not write a book without knowing if the book sells first. Right. And so what do I do? How do I do that? Right. So I have a pretty large following on social media um, and I have an idea for a book. Uh, I go to Fiverr.com, F-I-V-E-R-R.com where you can hire a graphic designer for like $10. They could create a cover for you. They can do a, a lot of graphic design stuff. So what do I do? I, I pay $10. I create a cover on Fiverr. And then I put it on my social media. I say, you know, the great financial reset coming soon. Uh, let me know if you're ready for this book. This is what this book is about. I have not written a word, Gloria, not one word. All I did was put a cover together and I put a, a caption that said the great financial reset coming soon by Ash Cash. Now I watch, I see, are people liking my posts? Are people commenting? Are people saying, yes, this is a great book? And if the answer is yes, then I proceed to write it because I know I already have people who are waiting for this. How do you protect your intellectual property? And, and you're putting that out there. Yes. Um, and so how do you protect that? Because, you know, somebody else can steal that idea. Wait a minute. This seems like a good title right there. Uh, let me steal that and put that out there. How do you protect your intellectual capital? Yeah, the great the great thing about uh, I mean, books, for instance, um, is that, uh, you know, there could be several books that have the same name title. Right. So even if I came out with uh, the, the great financial reset, someone else could write the great financial reset as well and use a different, you know, a different subtitle or whatever the case may be. From mm -hmm. a copyright perspective, it's the whole body of work that's copywritten. So you're protecting the words, you're protecting, you know, your, you know, like what you put inside the book. Um, mm -hmm. And so someone couldn't copy that. And so, yes, you know, you're putting it out there, but even with putting it out there, it doesn't guarantee uh, that someone, you know, that, that, that it's yours. And even from a trademarking perspective, and this is, um, 
um, you know, something that people should know from a trademark perspective is that before you can even trademark something, uh, the, the, the United States Department of Trademarking wants to see proof that you've made money from it already. Right. And so for, I'll give you a prime example. So Ash Cash is a registered trademark of Ash Cash Enterprises. So I own the name Ash Cash. Right. And so people could, could, could use it as a nickname. But if you're making money with the name Ash Cash, then I want percentage. Right. It's mine. But before I could even get that cop or, or you know, trademark, um, I had to show proof that I was using the name Ash Cash for commerce. And so I had to go back and show them copies of my books and things, checks that I've had written in the name of Ash Cash. So I say all I have to say is that um, as far as protection goes, you can't even necessarily protect it unless you put it out to the world and, and can show proof that you're selling it or making commerce from it already. So this is really good. So if I, I got it with the book, Let's say I'm I'm making I, I'm making um a t-shirt line which you yeah. which you mentioned. Yes. Before I can is the right word trademark that or trademark, yes. Yeah. Before I can do it, I have to make it and sell it. Yes. And and, and then use those sales as part of my proof of viability. Absolutely. And the great thing about it, though, too, is that it's, you know, it doesn't have to be a lot of sales, right? You sell, uh, you know, 10 t-shirts and you sell that out and you have a website that shows that you have it on there, then I would immediately, uh, you know, apply for the, the trademark. The great thing about the application, so the application for the trademark is going to protect you because let's say, you know, you, you know, you, once you apply for the trademark, then that is your, um, even though it might take a, it might take six months, it might take a year. It might take two years it, it, of the back and forth until it gets officially trademarked, but but your application is first in line. So if someone sees it two weeks later and says, oh, this is a great idea, I want to trademark it, once they put their application in, yours is already in, and so you've already had you know, you know, know that first right um, to that trademark. And so, yes, you have to sell it first, and then once you sell it, then I would definitely jump in and try to... Um, you know, make sure you protect, you, you know, you, pr you protect your intellectual property. And we can find all these steps. Will this book, The Lean Startup, help us? Yeah, the the lean startup um really just talks talks about um creating a minimal viable product. It doesn't really talk about you know trademarks per se, but you know the lean startup does uh, talk about how to start a business uh you know and using sort of like a, a a minimal viable product so that way you don't exhaust all your resources. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so to find out about registering, copywriting, trademarking, just Google it. Or what? Yeah, you could Google it. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of uh, great, um, you know, trademark attorneys available. Uh, there's a, a great website that I use called Trademarkia. So T-R-A-D-E-M-A-R-K-I-A.com, Trademarkia. Mm -hmm. um, and you could search for trademarks to see if things are trademarked already they have some good blogs on there uh, that give, give you resource, you know, resources as far as uh, things you need to know about trademarking. Cool. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Yeah. Number five, which is T, and that's and that's tap into asset protection. And so when I say tap into asset protection, uh, I'm talking about life insurance. I'm talking about wills. I'm talking about estates. I'm talking about uh, create, creating a legacy book. Um, and so what that what that means is that when you think about now, 
um, you know, a, a lot of people died unexpectedly. People who were saying that 2020 was, was their year, um, you know, unfortunately are not here, right? And so we never know when our time is up. And so we want to make sure that we're protecting our assets, that we are, you know, protecting our loved ones. We have life insurance and life insurance is, you know, protecting uh, our loved ones and our legacy. Um, you know, having a will, you know, having an estate as you're building, um, you know, uh, you know, assets for yourself, as, as you're building this life, uh, you want to make sure you protect it. And so, you know, there's this misconception that that wills, estates, trusts, uh, life insurance are for wealthy people. But in fact, every single person, if you have if you are if you have anybody that depends on your income in any kind of way, then you need a will. You need a trust. You need an, an estate. Uh, you need life insurance, and you need a legacy book. And so, so what is a legacy book? Um, this is this is uh, one thing that um, I realized. So my mom uh, passed away in 2019, mm. um, and when she passed away, I was um, you know you know tasked with with uh, writing her eulogy. Um, and so as I started writing a eulogy, I started realizing there was so much about my mom that I did not know. And so I had to call my aunt. Uh, and I, I was talking to my aunt. My aunt was giving me so much background information, so much stuff that I, I really didn't know, you know, where my mom grew up because my mom is from Haiti. Um, so where my mom grew up, how many brothers and sisters she had, you know, what their ages, their names, nephews, nieces, like all of this information I didn't have. Um, and so I thought about that. I said, wow. You know, imagine there was there was nobody around to pass down this 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 wealth. Right. Because when we think about passing down wealth, we're only thinking about money. But the wealth of knowledge, right, knowledge of self is the most important wealth that you can have, because when you understand where you come from, who you are, right, what your name means. Right. So offline. Gloria Cotton asked me, what did Exantis mean? I did not know. I looked it up. It means gift of God. If you don't think that after this interview, I'm not going to walk out of here with my head high knowing that Ash is a gift of God. Oh, my God. Man, oh, man. So so, so you have to have knowledge of self. You have to know who you are. And so you have to have a legacy book. And that legacy book is just really passing down information, making sure that you have that, you know, passing it down from generation to generation. So this is brilliant. And I want to take a moment just to pause on that, because particularly for African-Americans and other groups of people who have been disenfranchised, often we don't have that family history. It has been stripped from a lot of our European brothers and sisters can go back four, five, six, seven, ten generations, and they have those legacy books by volumes. Yes, yes. Many people do not have that. And so this is an opportunity, let me just say, when you start digging and you come to roadblocks, there are things that you can do, Ancestry.com and all this other kind of stuff. But when you reach a roadblock, I would encourage people, don't allow that to stop you. It may cause you to pause, but don't turn off. Continue and start your legacy for your family with you. If you can't go back any farther, start your legacy book, the history of who you are for your cousins if you don't have children. You know, who is it that's going to keep your family going? Uh, the in-laws that are, you're in the same family with them. 
write your own. If you don't have history, understand that yesterday is history. So start from recent history. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. Woo! That's some rich, delicious stuff, honey. Yeah, nah, you, so, you, you bring you bring the best out of me. I, I appreciate you. Mm. So let me just say this. What are the two final words you want to leave with people? Look at here. People, finances are important. Yes. Wealth, let me say this. Let me say it's just not finances. It's assets yes. are important. What are the two final strong tips you want to give to people about yeah. asset management? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so n- number one um, is change your relationship with money. Uh, do not stay in the cycle of always working hard for money. Money needs to work hard for you. And you do that by making sure that you create income producing assets. You work hard, you make the money, but what do you do with that money to change that relationship? So I would say, number one, you know, change your relationship with money. Um, and then number two, uh, I, I would say really uh, make sure that you have the proper mindset as it relates to your money. Right. Because if you don't have the proper mindset, like I, you know, 17 percent of the people that live paycheck to paycheck make one hundred thousand dollars or more. So it's not a money thing. It's not about how much money you make. It's about what you do with the money. And so if you do not have the proper mindset as it relates to your money, you could be you could be a, a multimillionaire making two million dollars a year. But your lifestyle costs two million and one dollars. And that means you're broke. And to change your mindset as well. And so, you know, change your relationship with money, but then also change your mindset about money. You do those two things, you will live financially free and live your best life as it was intended because uh, abundance is your birthright. You know what? I just want to hug you right now, but here's what I want to say. Ash, cash, exantus. Yes. See, I mean, it is all up in the in the musicology of your name. Okay. Yes. So, exantus, yes. I know that's how you want me to say it. Yes. Where can people find out more about you? I know you got your eight books. Yes. But what are you doing? How can people find you? Yes. Um, so so you can go to my website, uh, www.iamashcash.com uh, is the website that you can go to. Uh, you'll see everything, um, you know, everything that, that I do, my books, uh, you know, things that I offer. Um, I do have a group coaching, uh, financial coaching um, uh, group that I do called the Legacy Builders. Um, and so if you go to mindrightlegacy.com, uh, you'll see uh, that that's a group. Uh, where we are all uh, in the process of creating a positive network for us and our families. Um, and it's, it's group coaching. I have a 12-step program that I walk uh, people through uh, to help them you know, get their finances where they need to go. So mindrightlegacy.com. Mm. I want to thank you, darling, for pleasure. being with me and us today. We need yes. You know, we need to get out of and address this virus of poverty mentality. Yes. That's what we need to look at. That is more damning and killing yes. of people than COVID-19. Okay. I agree. I and approve so that I, message. I thank you for your tips. And the final thing I want to say to you, Ash Cash, baby. There's a hug in your future if you want one. If I, I always wanted, Miss Gloria Cotton. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. I, I love you. I love your energy. I'm so happy uh, that you allowed me to share. And uh, you know, I, you know, much success. Uh, you know, you're, you're just, you're just, you're an angel. You're an angel for sure. For Thank sure. you so much, sweetheart. First of all, how y'all like Ash Cash's energy? 
Whoa, man, that was exciting. I like somebody who can be excited about what they're teaching us to be excited about. This man gave us some real practical things that we need to do. I love that acronym that he gave us of RESET. So let me just recant those for you all. Reevaluate your current financial obligations. Be real. Don't lie to yourself. Prioritize your needs over your wants. Y'all know sometimes you don't need that uh, bottle of crystal. <laughs> Maybe a bottle of Boone's Farm will do. <laughs> Elevate a financial freedom fund. Did you love that instead of an emergency fund? Talk about reprogramming your mind. Uh, even the words. And look, let me tell y'all something. The energy of words is so important. It affects the environment inside and outside of who you are. So elevate a financial freedom fund. I'm starting right now putting 10% aside from everything I get, okay? Set new financial goals. Look at where you want to go in three years and seven years. Beyond that, making your short and medium and long-term goals, making sure they're smart. Y'all remember what that is, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. And listen, let me give y'all a little tip that he didn't say. If the answer is it's not specific enough, then you know what to do. Make it specific. Run it by somebody to see if it uh, passes the snicker test with somebody else. If they're saying, I don't have a clue what you're talking about, you're not clear enough. Measurable. What are your measures? How are you going to mark and then celebrate those incremental successes. Achievable, I can do it. In your lifetime, yes. Is it a short, medium, or long-term goal? Is it realistic? And is it timely? In other words, is it ministering to you right now as well as in the future? Then the E in reset, the, the last E, is enhance your earning potential. I love that. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. That's all I'm saying. You got to have more than one door to go in and out of, okay, in order to save your life. And then lastly, tap into asset protection. This is something that some ethnicities are better at doing than others. Some have a history of doing that. Some do not. Some people inherit things, some uh, things and things that bring money. Some people only inherit pain and suffering. So you have to make sure that the things you are leaving for others to inherit, that they're clear about it. And it can be an opportunity for celebration, but also a roadmap to their success. That's it, honey. I mean, I feel you getting stronger about your finances right now. Have a good one.